0: Okay, today's the 11th. Let's just take a quick look at Proverbs and then jump into our message. Being the 11th, I picked verse 12. It is foolish to speak scornfully of others. If you're smart, you'll keep quiet. Wow. (laughs) If you're smart, you'll just keep quiet. There's a lesson. Today, I want to wrap up, and this is the final message in the series that we've called I Am, and, and we're studying seven statements that Jesus made that we find in the book of John where he says, I am, and then a qualifier. The first week was Easter, and we, we went through the teaching that I am the resurrection, and we learned there that He's that the resurrection is not an event, it's actually a person. So week two, we talked about uh, Jesus being the good shepherd. We had a lot of fun talking about sheep. And last week, we talked about Jesus being the light of your world. Today, um, I, I think that he may have made one of the most important statements for us, and that is this we find in John 5, 15. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That's a pretty definitive statement. He says, much fruit or nothing, all or nothing. It's interesting how many people in the world today try to do or to be or to produce fruit all by themselves without any involvement from God. I mean, even a lot of Christians try to do that, and we can all become a little good, good at trying to produce that. But, but when you contextualize the statement, this statement that Jesus made, it takes on a different level. So let me kind of place it for you with what was going on. There, this was, it, it's found in, in chapter 15 of the book of John. And um, if you look at the chapters, chapter 13 is about the place you run into the Last Supper. So this is the night before Jesus is arrested and goes to the cross. So that's chapter 13, the statements made in chapter 15, and chapter 18 is where he's actually arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. So it's, it's in, that, in the middle of that, and so it's at a pretty critical time, um, the last meal, the last time he would be with his closest friends and family, and um, so you know, I'm going to ask you a question. If you sat down with your family and your very closest friends, and somebody came to you and said, this is it, this is your last chance to talk to these people. Would you take some extra time and think through? I mean, how do I want to spend this opportunity? This, you know, I mean, wouldn't you carefully consider what you're going to do and say to them? It'd be pretty, you'd say, I better make the most of this and talk about the most important things. Maybe I'll tell them how I feel about them, maybe some important lessons from life before you check out. Um, but, you know, you would, you would sing with that. So that's the context that Jesus makes the very last of his I am statements where he says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit, but apart from me, you really won't be able to do anything at all. And um, I want to talk about why why is being connected so important? I I was working on this message, and it was raining, and I thought, okay, but I I, I walked out in my front yard, and I took a picture of a tree out in my front yard, and um, it's this dogwood tree that magically is going to show up on the screens on the walls any moment now anyway it's this beautiful tree and um um, are we oh there we go okay so that's in my front yard and right now it's 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 beautiful it's pink it's beautiful and for the longest time it was in a place in our yard and i don't i mean we transplanted it brad and i transplanted it and um, brad's you know, I don't know where Brad is, but um, we remodeled my front yard. But it had been in a place, and it and it had never bloomed. It just kind of was. Play, I don't know what the deal was, but we moved it, I, we fertilized it, and we stuck it in this place. And it's it's just beautiful. I mean, you can't hardly see it. It's beautiful pink flowers. I love a pink dogwood this time of the year. It's just just spectacular tree, and um, I, I just I just it's it's it's, it's in good soil. It gets watered well, there's fertilizer there, and it's obviously a very, very happy tree, and it's putting a lot of fruit out, putting a lot of beauty into the world around it. And there's another consideration of this one. (laughs) I thought some of you thought this was another Mother's Day uh, bouquet. This is not, this is a branch. So, I mean, I don't really think that a whole lot of fruit is going to be, there's something trying to happen here, but that's, it's given up a whole lot of fruits, not going to be coming off this. So I guess the question that I want to ask you to start with is, do you like this or this like a or B better one, better two. Sounds like the last time you were at the eye doctors, better a, better B better win. Remember that? I mean, my doctor has to go back and forth, and I get so confused. It's too hard, and so many decisions. And, and so we've got this branch, and we, we want to we stay connected to the true vine because when we are, we'll bear this fruit. When you're plugged into the life, you just will bear a lot of fruit. And so what it looks like is this, but what a lot of us do sometimes is this. We get ourselves, and we plant ourselves someplace. And I'm going to call this the false fine. Because I don't think no matter how long I leave this here, that this is going to produce any fruit at all. And if it ever produces anything sitting there like that, it's not going to even get close to that. It's an amazing picture of the lack of producing fruit. But that's kind of what we do. We we say, okay, I'm going to plug into this vine oh, I'm going to make some fruit. And we grunt real hard and we try to produce fruit. I mean, maybe not literally, but that's kind of what we do. We plug in somewhere and we try to produce fruit by being plugged into a false vine. I guess I should put that out of my hand. I don't want to make a big mess. I'm probably going to need a vacuum cleaner by the time I get done. And at street level, you know, down at where we live, the way that kind of sounds is we say to ourselves, you know, if I, if I could just make a little bit more money and get promoted one more rung at work, that'll be really good. And that's fruit. And as much as those things are helpful and nice, I think Jesus would look back at that and say, hmm, not so much. Um or, or, or we'd say, you know, if I if I could just we don't say this literally, but we say to ourselves, if I could just attain a certain social status where I have the right clothes on and have the right kind of technology in my pocket, and 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 you know, the kids at school can see me that way, then that will have then that'll be good. That's the fruit I'm looking for in my life. And Jesus goes, You know, wow, well, really? Come on. I'm really not so much. Or it could even be the appearance of something that looks good. We say, okay, it would be really good fruit if, if my house looked really good and I have a white picket fence and 2.3 kids and a dog that doesn't bark and a cool car in the driveway. And um, even though it looks like that, it could be a shambles on the inside. It could be coming apart on the inside. And Jesus is saying, that's not fruit because that's plugging into a false vine. So, if we want to stay, we want to stay connected to the true vine, and then we will naturally, naturally bear much fruit. Why is being connected so important? I want to talk about that in a, in a couple of places. And the first one I want to give you is that first, staying connected produces fruit. You see this in John fifteen five. I'm the vine, you're the branches. I know you're getting tired of this verse, but we're going to repeat it again. Um, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can produce nothing. Now, here's the deal. It's not just any kind of fruit that we're talking about. Because remember, false vines don't produce fruit. They just This thing is not going to ever produce anything in this false vine that's sitting here. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the kind of fruit that the Lord talks about um, in Galatians 5, where he describes what the fruit of the Spirit is. Maybe you know this verse where it says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. I probably didn't get those in order. Sorry. But I mean, those kinds of things faith and joy and peace and love. Now that is fruit. And and I, I don't know, when I, when I hear those actual words, when somebody's talking about those, I think, yeah, I could use some peace. I could use some joy. I could use, I mean, that kind of fruit uh, will remain. And I like that. And And I don't know about you, but that's just kind of how I feel. I mean, it's interesting too, when, when, when we're trying to figure out this whole fruit thing, some of us are more available, it seems like, than others. I mean, I don't know about you, but in my marriage, sometimes I find that God will sometimes speak to my wife first. I don't know if that happens to any of you guys. It's, it happens in Scripture. One example that's pretty famous, but we don't see it this way, is Joseph and Mary. When the Lord came to Mary and said, you're going to bear a child... And the whole Christmas story, it's kind of laid out for her. She she's completely understands it, and she's on board, I mean, before Joseph even gets clued in. Now, I don't know why it is that sometimes women are more in touch with or available to The issues of fruit than men are. But here's Joseph. And when he finds out, he's still trying to figure this out. What do I do that's right here? In fact, there's a place in Matthew 19 where he says, he was minded to put her away secretly. And what that means is, you know, he didn't want to embarrass her and shame her, but they were betrothed, which would be kind of like for us more than engagement, but not, but but not as much as a marriage. And the woman he's going to marry is pregnant. And so his mind is, okay, this isn't going to happen. I can't, can't start out my life like this. Um, and the thing was, thing is this, that Joseph is also a student of, of scripture. He knew that in the old Testament, he, what was his scripture? He knew that there had been a prediction that there would be a virgin birth and it would be in the line of David. He knew that his wife qualified for that, but still it just didn't connect in his mind. And And so something in his mind was, okay, I'll be merciful here and I'll put her away. Doesn't mean, you know, doesn't mean that, right? But it it meant like separate divorce, put her away secretly because he wasn't going to shame the woman, but he hadn't understood yet. But yet what was going on here was something about truly and literally being plugged into the vine and producing fruit that's unimaginable um, through the birth of this child. I was... I was reading this week um, in, the, in the scriptures. It really didn't have anything to do with the message. Um, completely disconnected. I was reading in Numbers 11, which is kind of fun. You go back and read some of the Old Testament stories, and, and here it is. Here's is Moses coming out with the children of Israel. They've, the Pharaoh's let them go, and so they're kind of on their way out. And I'm going to paraphrase this and shorten it for you. Um, but the kids are complaining. The children of Israel are complaining. They're saying, hey... This manna, it was really good for a few days, but how about some? Where's the beef? Where's the meat, right? Okay. Now, if you think about them out in the desert and they want some meat to eat, don't picture this like you, your aunts, your uncles, some grandparents, and 43 children having a picnic at the park, at the Tonino Quarry. Don't picture that. What you have to picture here is, to be accurate about this, is A huge crowd of people who are all saying, where's the meat? Okay? They're in the desert. I don't know if you go to many deserts, but when you go in the desert, you're not going to find a whole lot of animals out there um, to eat, right? I mean, they're they're just not going to be out there. So Moses has got this crowd. uh, The crowd, to give you context, no one knows for sure how many people we're talking about. But if we were to pick a number somewhere in the middle, it would be basically more than... All of the people in Whatcom County, Skagit County, Snohomish County, King County, Pierce County, Thurston County, Lewis County, Cowlitz County, Clark. Did I get them all? There's, there, there's probably f- five million, four, four or five million people in that corridor. It's more people than that. And all the weight to deliver hamburgers is on one dude. <laughs> Moses where's the beef, right? Okay. He's... The kids are complaining. The scripture says God is a little bit angry about that. By the way, it's going to plug. I'm going to finish a previous series, and I'm going to talk on the subject of anger next week. Okay. But anyway, back to today. So God's been a little bit angry. And when you read the story, it says that God's anger kind of surrounded the nation a little bit. And some of the people living on the outside suffered something from the heat. I'll just leave leave it at that. And um, so they get into this conversation, and God says, okay, okay. I'll provide for you meat for the people to eat. And Moses looks around, and he's trying to figure out how in the world can you produce anything here? I mean, this is a desert, and, and, and God knew what was going on, and basically God says something to him along the lines of this. Moses, is my arm too short to accomplish my will in your life? I mean, he's basically saying, do you really think if I make you a promise that I'm not going to produce fruit in your life? Do you really think that? And, uh, and, and that's kind of like us, when, when, we, we, when our faith is kind of wavering on the topic of, will God actually do what he says to us? You know, he, he makes these promises, and I think a lot of times we just kind of think, really, God, you really going to be able to feed all these people? And God's in the background thinking, you know what, did you forget where all of the bread comes from? Do you know how many loaves of bread it takes to feed 5 million people a day? A lot of baked loaves. or It wasn't loaves of bread. It was manna. Something like coriander. But the point was, God was providing all that. Do you really think I can't provide you some, you know, curry chicken to go with it or whatever? I mean, he can be whatever he wants. So God sees that weakness about us. And sometimes he kind of carries us along on our way. And when we'll allow him to do that, and when we plug into him the true vine, we'll start seeing some little signs of faith starting to grow and producing some little blossoms. And that's just the beginning of something that God wants to do and that God's doing in you and in me, and it's supernatural. And maybe you find yourself there, you know, and you're discouraged. You know, you, you really believe you have been staying connected to the Lord, and you're asking the Lord, you know, Where's the fruit, Lord? I I mean, maybe you've been praying for a friend for a really long time, and you want them to know the Lord, and you've prayed and prayed and prayed, and they seem to be going further away from the things of God, not closer. Or, you know, it's just not happening. Or or maybe maybe you have a, about yourself a sense of anger, and... And, and you know that you're too easily angered and you've brought it to the Lord, but the fuse just doesn't seem to get longer for some reason. Or maybe there's something that you see in yourself about, you know, you feel like you're a little bit selfish and you're a little bit tired of it. Or, or maybe you've been dealing with a problem of lust and you've talked to the Lord and you want him to kind of help you. And you're thinking, you know, I'm trying to stay connected, but God, where's the fruit? Here's the deal. Jesus said, if... You remain in me, and I in you. You will bear much fruit. So the fruit forecast here is 100% chance of fruit. <laughs> There's going to be fruit in the morning and then fruit in the afternoon along with showers of fruit in the evening. It's 100%. It's 100%. He didn't say you may bear fruit. He said you will bear fruit, and he said you'll bear much fruit. But the kicker is this. You have to remain in him and him in you. In the midst of that time when your friends kind of stick their nose up in the air at you because you love the Lord and they walk away, you continue to pray for them. You don't give, you don't give up on them. You, you remain in him. And when we continue to remain in him and he in us, then we will bear much fruit. But you've got to stay connected to the vine. That's critical to bear the fruit. Staying, staying connected produces fruit. The second point I would make here is the inverse and it's pretty obvious, and that's being disconnected produces nothing. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Not only that, in the next verse, uh, verse 6, he says, if you do not remain in me, you are pretty much just like this. He says, like a branch that is thrown away and withers, such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Honey, remind me to get the vacuum cleaner out. (laughs) And what can happen when we disconnect from the Lord is we can start to look at people around us and kind of get into a judgmental state. I mean, we say things like, oh, you know, I'm never going to have an affair like so-and-so. And then, you know, boom, something happens and you find yourself... Involved in something you're not supposed to be involved in Or you say This is when I hear parents say Or you say My kids are never going to act like that <laughs> As a parent you have no idea how your kids will act Okay <laughs> Of course my kids are wonderful Okay um, or, or you say to yourself I, you know, I, I would never put my job an, Ahead of my kids I'll, I'll always value them And then all of a sudden you get busy and you realize that a lot of time has gone by, and not only did you not get to any of your kids' baseball games, you don't even remember the name of the team that, they, that, 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 that he plays for. And you start thinking, what happened? What, what did I do? What, how did I get here? And I've been in full-time ministry now for roughly 30 years. And, and here's something that I know that I've seen over that time, and it's this. Anybody is capable of anything when they're disconnected from the Lord. Disconnected from the vine. I mean, I'm capable. Eric's capable. You, the person to your left, your right, everybody. We're capable of anything when we're disconnected from the vine. You got to stay connected. It's really important. The obvious question for us to ask then is how? How do we stay connected? And I think there are lots of different ways. And, um, you know, in my illustration before about Moses, I mentioned I'd been reading the Word. So, you know, obviously, I I think that's an obvious way you can stay connected by spending time in the Word of God, reading the Word. Prayer. Is prayer a way? Would you concede that prayer is another way? Okay. I see heads nodding, so I'll take that as a yes. How about singing a worship song? Something in your heart, you know, that that song you let us in today, you wrote that song, right? First one. Yeah, the first one, you know, You Are, that You Are song, right? And, you know, when, I can't help it, this has nothing to do with sermon, but, but when, when Eric wrote that song and he was sending the video out to his worship community to uh, familiarize them with the song because they were going to learn it, the video had his sons in the background and they were doing, you know, doing this weird, <laughs> cool stuff, you know, this Johnny B. Good stuff. And I, I, I don't even know the names of the song, but I know the moves and I thought they were really great for the boys. <laughs> but singing a worship song, you know, that's another way to stay connected to the Lord. And how about this? How about when you agree to sit down and have a cup of coffee with a friend who speaks life, speaks something of the yeah. truth to you? Is that a way to stay connected to the Lord? Listening to people around you who you know walk with the Lord? Okay, that's a good one. How about, how about reaching into a crib and pulling out an infant and not just deciding, okay, it's, 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 it's time to feed and burp and all that, but, but pausing for a minute saying, God, what a miracle, thank you. Is that a way to stay connected to God? I mean, you can think of lots of ways to stay connected to God. And, and you know, another one is the most probably most obvious one, and that's to regularly be a part of in, involvement in a church and serving. And a thank you that, do, that you do that. I mean, I, I know that one can really challenge us, just regular church attendance, because our culture doesn't doesn't honor, it doesn't pay attention to eternal things, and it doesn't value a relationship with God. Scriptures do talk to that. Um, and this is one that um, doesn't come out very often in sermons, but Hebrews ten twenty five speaks to that. It says, it says, we must not continue to neglect meeting together, as is the habit of some. Instead, we must continue to encourage one another even more, as you see the day of his return is drawing near. And sadly, that's a habit that's kind of growing in the body of Christ. I'm not, you know, obviously, you're, you're the choir here. So, um, you're in church and, and way to go. But, but it's becoming more and more common for people to say, oh, this other thing is more important than being in the house of the Lord. And it's not. Spending time worshiping the Lord, spending time not to hear me, but to have put your heart in a place where the word of God is preached and the Holy Spirit will somehow connect with that, it'll change your life. And it'll change your tomorrows. And um, it's, that's why God says, hey, don't skip out on the times when my people get together to, to, to worship and to study scripture. God says, don't take a pass on that. Stay, stay involved in that. And so um, that's why it's important to go to church. Way to go. I, I applaud you for having picked up on that. So reading, prayer, worship, there's lots of different ways to stay connected. The problem is that a lot of times we lack the motivation that we need. I mean, so... Um, I want to look at God and say to him fundamentally, Hey God, how do we stay connected? I've got a couple ways. First thing is this. First thing we have to do to stay connected is this. Do what Jesus says. Do what Jesus says. Verse 10 in the same passage, Jesus says, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. I heard this illustration. (laughs) You know, a parent asks their child to clean a room. Now, um, so the child leaves, and they're gone for a while, and they come back. Did you clean your room? I memorized what you said about cleaning my room. Well, that's really good, but did you clean your room? They go away. They come back. Did you clean your room? Well, no. Um, I got a tattoo about cleaning my room right here where everybody can see what it says. It's in Hebrew, and it's a constant reminder to me to clean, <laughs> clean my room that, that that's a good thing, and people will know it and know what I stand for. But did you clean your room? Well, and time goes by. Did you clean your room? Well, no, I went away with four friends and we sat down over coffee and we studied what you meant by clean your room. And we studied the Hebrew word, it's clean ao, and it means clean with haste and diligence. But did you clean your room? Well, no, we went to this conference and we had a speaker tell us the best ways to clean our room. On and on and on, you could tell where this is going. And, and, and God would say to you, hey, Seriously, Jack, hey, clean your room. Now, that was a really poor, but do you know God can talk like Uncle Si? Okay, <laughs> Jack? And, and, and many of us simply need to go clean our room. We just need to, you know, God's been telling us something for a really long time, He's been confirming it through his word. He's been confirming it through, you know, your friends have been telling you, you really should do this thing. You really should do this thing. And you may saying, oh, I don't know, I can't do it. And God's saying, clean your room. Come on. Quit talking about it. Quit praying about it. How many times do I have to confirm it to you? Clean your room. Parents are going, you know, I've had this conversation with my children. How many times, you know, has the, the Holy Spirit maybe nudged you about something? Maybe at church where he said, hey, you know, come on, go usher. Or go hold a baby. Or maybe he said to you, I, I want you to invest more time in your kids. These children that I've given you. He's saying, go clean your room. Or maybe he's saying, you know, I want, I, I'm nudging you here. I want you to be a little less selfish and a little more pointed towards people around you. And, and, and God's saying, come on. Clean your room. Come on, you can do this. We have to do what Jesus said. If you want to stay connected to the vine, first thing is do what Jesus said. If you keep my commands, you'll remain in my love. Second step. This kicks things up just a little bit of a notch, and we're almost done. Love like Jesus loves. Here's the deal. When he added this qualifier, as I have loved you, that really kicks the level up significantly. I mean, because if he had just said, love each other, that would have been really subjective. In other words, I could love you how I think I should love you, and you can love me how you think you should love me. But he didn't do that. He didn't stop there and just say, love each other. He said, do it like I loved you. Now, when this was going on, Jesus had been dealing with this issue with his disciples for a while. And now, this, this problem I'm going to describe to you, this, he was having this problem with a bunch of guys, some of whom later were going to re- be used by the Holy Spirit to write holy scriptures. Okay, So there was huge potential in them, but present, there was also a lot of human problems, flesh, that was going on there. So there was this discussion ongoing for a period of time between the disciples about among them, who's going to be the greatest? <laughs> They've been talking about it. They've been arguing about it. You know, I I don't know what Jesus is thinking. It's like, just, you know, knock it off and whatever. But um, here they are. They're on their way to Jerusalem. It's the Passover. You know, they don't realize the Last Supper is coming, but it's coming down to the wire here. And they're vying for position. Okay, there's some of this going on among these guys. We venerate them, rightly so. They're really, really special people who really gave themselves to the Lord and, and God used them mightily. But they're vying for a position. Who among us is gonna to be top dog? And Jesus says, hey guys, um, the greatest among you is the one who serves. In other words, it's the one who loves is what he's saying to them. And so they get together and after dinner, Jesus wraps a towel around his waist and gets down on the floor and starts washing their feet. And he actually shows them what it looks like. And then in in this dramatic moment where they're perplexed, they're trying to figure out, he says to them, I'm the vine. You are the branches. If you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you'll produce nothing. Washing your feet. Imagine that. Jesus is washing your feet and he says, Hey, Terry, stay in me. Come on, stay with me, son. Good stuff's coming. Life is coming. Love, joy, peace. It's there. All you have to do is stay connected. Because if you disconnect, it's that branch. That's your future. And you want to remain in my love and keep my commands and do what I say. And what I'm telling you to do is to love each other the way I love. The way I love. And the very next scripture after that statement, the very next scripture is, Greater love has no one that he lay down his life for his brother or for his friends. He raised the standard way, way up there. I think you'll have to agree. He way up there. And it's interesting that Jesus didn't say, if you want to stay connected to me, here's a big, long list of things to do. One, two, three, four, five, 28, 34. Okay? He didn't. He gave us one thing. He said, love as I have loved. And it's kind of crazy if you think about it. He gave us this mandate for something that we can't do. <laughs> I can't do it. You can't do it. We're incapable of doing it. We, we just cannot love as Jesus loved apart from being connected to the vine. It's just not in our nature. We can't do it unless we're connected. But when we do stay connected to the vine, all of a sudden fruit just starts to happen. It's the natural result We begin to love each other the way he loves us, and when we do that, just the circumstances drive us back to the vine, and that vine then gives us the ability to love more, which then drives us back to the vine, which gives us the ability to love more, and this cycle starts to rotate, and then you'll start to see this little blossom happen in your life, a little bit of faith, a little bit of joy, a little bit of love, and it's like little flowers, and they'll start to blossom, and those flowers will turn into full-blown fruit, and I've got something in my notes here, and, and I, I'm, I have to admit right now, I'm struggling with how to say this to you. And it's an observation, but I, I'm going to try and get this concept up, so I'm really leaning into the Holy Spirit here to get this across. But I, I, I've noticed that I think when people have a sense of responsibility and a sense of duty for something, they'll go out and they'll do that thing really well. But when they're driven by a sense of love, they do it with beauty. That's a hard concept. I don't know if I'm even expressing right. But there's something of beauty that takes the place of just well. And and, and I, I don't know how to describe beauty any better than that list. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self. I mean, I, I don't know of anything more beautiful in any way for, for, for that kind of fruit. And all these fruits begin to just produce. They just begin to start to come up when we stay connected to the vine. So my question for you, an introspective one is this. What is the fruit that you would say is being evidenced in your life right now? Is it love and joy and peace and patience? Because Jesus said, if we remain in him and he in us, we will bear much fruit. This is the moment where I'd say, if you look at that list of fruit and you don't see a lot of that, that's my, maybe a gentle nudge from the Holy Spirit saying to you, come on, plug back in, plug back into me. Because as we remain in him and as he loves us, I think there'll be some other things that you'll see happen. He'll, he, he'll get into our lives and he'll take out our loneliness. He'll, he'll take out discomfort and he replaces those things. He'll take out your desires and replace them with his desires. As we love each other and as we remain connected, we find ourselves, I think, really in something that I would categorize, I think it's the middle of a miracle. We find ourselves in this miracle where God does something in us that produces fruit. And maybe that fruit will end up for you and maybe it'll be a better marriage. Maybe maybe that fruit will be, you have been maybe a little bit too possessive of things and, and the Lord will touch you with a heart of generosity. All of a sudden, you'll be blessing the people around you in ways you never ever thought you would and it, and it affects you and, you and you can't stand and not bless people anymore. And it's a wonderful feeling. Or maybe the fruit for you will be something as profound as the Lord will give you a time and a moment to lead your children to Christ. There, who knows what the fruit would be? Jesus said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear fruit much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Let's pray.